bros out. No, like seriously, I can hear myself so much better. What did you do? I hit record. Oh, that's freaking nuts. Okay. Um, going to turn the volume all the way up on this. This is our first real test with the new mic. Yeah. On Initiative Roll, a Dungeon Master's Guide to Mastering Dungeons. I'm your host, Logan Johnson. And I'm your Dungeon Master, Nathaniel Johnson. Are we just going to keep all of that audio in there? I mean, I don't... I don't care. Okay, sure. Why I not? Don't care. You you're, don't care about this podcast. You're coming through a little loud. I, I'll sit back a little. Is I'm, that better? Yeah, probably. I'm too tired to care about literally anything today. I hear that. Um, I hear that. I stayed up late last night playing FTL until 2 in the morning. This is so echoey. What's FTL? F this life? Well, that's what I did by playing <laughs> FTL um, and then going to class the next morning. 10. I so finally missed it. class this semester. Do you hear that? The stenographers have dropped their pens <laughs> as they realize that I now have a better attendance streak this semester than <laughs> you do. No, 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 no. Think about that. That is actually... Wow. Think about that. Yeah, that does say a lot. <laughs> but not, not so much about you. <laughs> no, no. This good, is what the, good job. The kids in basketball call pulling a full 360... I'm going to come in and bring this team and turn us around 360 degrees. Oh, man. Are we ever not going to make fun of that? No. No, that will always that'll always be in there. Well, cool, cool. You have a perfect attendance record so far. It's been uh, three weeks. Yeah, it's going to be perfect for the whole semester. Yeah, that was my goal. And then my daughter got sick. <laughs> Can't have a daughter get sick if you don't love and you're alone. No. <laughs> You don't have love and you're alone. Yeah, yeah I guess that's true. That's actually facts. Though we're gonna probably have to turn this down in post. Um, okay, but that shouldn't be a big issue. Do you want to cut where you say we're gonna have to turn this down in post? Look, I'm not afraid of. Okay, actually, I am afraid of this. Is an expression naked and afraid. There's a, okay. Well, speaking of naked and afraid, there's an expression people use in business called parting the kimono. I hate it I have wait no I may have heard that once please refresh for me what does it mean okay first I do want to point out you've not really been in business so no I know but I might have heard that yeah no 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 but what I'm saying is it's not surprising if you haven't sure sure it is a business phrase it was it's like uh, it sounds incredibly like offensive in sexist and racist ways so here's the thing if you part a kimono physically like let's say I'm wearing a kimono if I part the kimono, I will be wearing something else underneath it. But I don't think that's the implication of this phrase. Welcome to my etymological podcast where I break down uh, catchphrases. Anyway, what it means to part the kimono in business is to reveal your secrets, right? So there's an implication that they don't know what a kimono is, first of all. Second, it's incredibly racist and incredibly sexist. Um, but yeah, so I almost said, like, let's part the kimono real quick, but I hate that phrase <laughs> so much. And that's essentially, oh man, I can't even say that's essentially what we're doing. If we were businessmen, we would call leaving that audio in, parting the kimono. <laughs> but I can't do it. I can't. You just made a lip smack noise, and it's going to be forever in post. It's not going to... Oh, Gross. It literally sounds like you're one of the witches from the Black Cauldron trying to kiss the frog. Did you hear that? That was a Black Cauldron joke everyone could enjoy. <laughs> that was one for the whole family. I don't get you sometimes. Man, we are on a hot streak. It's, it's, see, it's basically a tweet because that's not a joke for the whole family. 98% of our audience will not get the Black Cauldron joke, which I've just made. 
So now Wait, you... so you're assuming that we have 50 listeners at least, and one of them is no, going to get it. I'm saying that we have probably like 10 listeners, and one dude's head isn't going to get it, but the rest of his soul will respond <laughs> to the, the joke that I've made. And he'll be like, oh, I remember that Disney flick. Good one. Almost as good as Dinosaur. Dinosaur's an awful movie. Dinosaur is the best movie. Although I do think it's funny. Brown that... people walking. Wait, wait. <laughs> so it has its flaws. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's where we're at with Dinosaur. About t- 20 years later, Disney came out with a film called The Good Dinosaur. Also not good. I do want to point out. <laughs> I've seen parts of it, and I was like, uh, the animation style is interesting, and then why am I tripping on drugs? was another good chunk of it. Tripping on acid in the Palisades. Yeah. Somebody out there got that reference. I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah, I, I know. This has been my only social interaction today. This has been our podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Whole five minutes of it. Did you just, like, boast that that was your only social interaction today? <laughs> it was, it was unfortunate. Weird flex. <laughs> my only social interaction was making my D&D podcast. Here's the thing. I, said, I can make those jokes because I'm a nerd. I, I said weird flex, but okay, to somebody the other day. Okay. okay so here's where I was. I was, at, I was at a choir rehearsal, which... It's been a 24 hours, all right? In the last 24 hours, three different people have told me ask, I should ask out the same girl. One of them is like a 50-year-old dude who has no connection to my life or hers. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I think I, like, legally I'm obligated at this point. Um, but also, what I was going to say, it's been a 24 hours. I was at this choir practice last night, and this guy, somebody said something about man cards, which I hate. And one dude was like, I literally have five physical man cards. And I turned to him and I said, weird flex, but okay. And he looked me dead in the eye and said, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Which is such a power move because I had nothing else to say. That laughter is going to need to be killed in post. This mic is too good. We're not worthy. Oh, man. Well, since this podcast has started off to such a clear, resonant start, um, I do want to point out one last thing. Uh, Tomorrow, I have already prepped my Twitter feed. It will be blocking all tweets with the word kingdom, all tweets with the word hearts, all tweets with the number three, and all tweets with the word Sora. (laughs) So I will not be accepting any spoilers for tomorrow's game. Wait, but you haven't even played one and two. Right, which is why I'm not accepting spoilers for three. Fair enough. Weird flex, but okay. No, 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 think about this. I want you to think about this for two seconds with me. I haven't played Kingdom Hearts 1 or Kingdom Hearts 2. You know why? Do you know why? Do you know the one reason I have not played either of those games? Um, because we live in a world of finite resources? Also, well, <laughs> so true. <laughs> but also, think about it this way, all right? I do a lot of things in my life. I... I am, I am a real religious man. I do a lot based on faith. Sure, you don't talk to girls, but you do a lot of other things in your life. Well, I mean, depends on what podcast you listen to, but yeah. No, I don't. Not on this one, right? Is this the one I don't talk to girls on? Is, that, is this the one? <laughs> no, I just I just made the joke just because... Oh, just because I... I can't remember. Is this the podcast I don't talk to girls on? My other one's a video game podcast, man. That's a viable joke over there. Yeah, but you don't make jokes on that podcast. That's true. Not as many, at least. Um, no, what I was going to say is that I, I don't have faith in Square, all right? 
I didn't think this game was ever going to come. Nobody did. So why play Kingdom Hearts I still don't think it's coming tomorrow. (laughs) I know, right? Or I guess by the time we get this uploaded today. (laughs) Or yesterday. Or Or whatever. We're slow. (laughs) Um, But here's the thing. I didn't think it was coming. So why would I play Kingdom Hearts 1 or 2? Like, give me one good reason. That's like watching Twin Peaks. Which you did, if I'm not mistaken. After they made the final season. <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me that all the people who watched Star Wars episodes 4, 5, and 6 when they were in theaters had no good reason to be watching those? No. I'm saying that if Star Wars had, like, if the entire franchise, A, the first film wasn't self-contained, and B, the entire thing wasn't a box office smash, then yeah, they would have had no reason to watch it, right? Also, if Star Wars Episode Six had been delayed by 17 years, <laughs> then yeah, maybe. Okay, fair enough. Maybe. I exaggerate. I don't think it's been that long, but this is our Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Yes, it is. Gosh. Wow, we got a lot of white noise, well, effectively white noise, for the subject matter at the head of this cast. I'm sorry. How many minutes in are we? You don't want to know. So we gotta be like 16... Nine. Or nine. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. Yeah. Well, so, do for you the three th- listeners who made it past this point... Thank you. Dungeons and & Dragons and Initiative Roll are brought to you by Wizards of the Coast, the Gary Gygax Foundation, and viewers like you. Thank you. Also brought to you by Square Enix, which is why this episode won't be up for another ten years. <laughs> <laughs> this is our Kingdom Hearts special. We won't be releasing it. Don't worry, though, you'll be able to find it as a bonus movie in the end of the last one. (laughs) Well, the good news is this actually does tie into our theme for the day, this whole Kingdom Hearts discussion. And that discussion we want to talk about is plotting and how to make plot hooks and have your audience or your players engaged and willing (laughs) to what? (laughs) Kingdom Hearts is a study on how to not do that. I know, I know. (laughs) Do not do this thing is like the subtitle for the Kingdom Hearts collection. Didn't they have like Kingdom Hearts 365 divided by 2? Oh, I wish. Or 2 divided by 3. It's like 386 divided by 2. It's not 365. That would be so convenient. What's the number? 366 maybe? Maybe it's leap year? You're, well, okay. Anyway. You've lost me. While you're looking that up, we are going to talk about the theme of plotting and making good adventure hooks for your players and keeping them invested in the story uh, both during the action when you're at the table and you know throughout the week when they're not at the table any luck on that kingdom hearts research no all right 358 over two wait that makes literally no sense yeah i think it makes sense if you play the game and unlock all the secret movies i hope you're kidding dude don't even with me. There's a Kingdom Hearts fan listening to this cast. He's like, it's not that bad, guys. It is that bad. It is that unapproachable. And I'm not saying it's not lovable, but it is that unapproachable. Well, we don't want to turn this into the uh, Kingdom Hearts fan cast. Oh, we did that the other day with the cast if I spend the entire time talking about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> we did that the other day with Arkham Knight. Uh, True. So, no, what are your thoughts on plotting and making good plot hooks so that your players want to come back the next week? You know, I I see this a lot in film and in video games and in other types of media, books and so on. Um, and it's the art of the cliffhanger, I think, is so potent. Now, this is a difficult thing to pull off in Dungeons & Dragons because 
you'll sit down to fight two werewolves and it'll take you... How long did it take us? It took us the whole time we played. Five hours, right? No, we weren't playing for five hours. Well, I know, but we were there for five hours. We were there. All we did was fight two werewolves. This is not a roast session. No, that was actually a really fun thing that we did. Yeah, We'll get into it in the Bard's Corner. But you want to have some kind of a cliffhanger, right? And sometimes the pacing in Dungeons & Dragons doesn't necessarily allow for that, which is why we discuss pacing. Right. Um, But... In my opinion, if you can end it on some kind of a cliffhanger, that is the, the grabbiest way to get your players interested in having more. Sure. Um, I'm reminded of a quote, or I want to say it's attributed to Brandon Sanderson, the author. If it's not him... <laughs> As opposed to Brandon Sanderson, the tabby cat that eats lasagna and hates Mondays. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, no, but uh, I want to say it's a tr- this quote should go to him. If not, it needs to go to one of the people who does the Writing Excuses podcast with him. Um, but they were talking about cliffhangers in their chapters for storytelling because frequently you want to end a chapter with a cliffhanger, is what they say. And one of them, and I want to say it's Brandon, said... Well, there's two ways you can do it. And the first way is really common and really sucks. And that's, there was a knock at the door, and he opened it, and the chapter ends. And no matter what is on the other side of that door, it's going to be a letdown for the reader. (laughs) I really like this, because it's this option. (laughs) No, 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 think about this. Once upon a midnight weary, as I pondered, meek, meek and no... Weak and weary, over many quaint curious volumes of long forgotten lore, there was a, suddenly there came a rapping tapping at my chamber door, somehow lost in radiant maidens, and then I opened the door. <laughs> Hold on, guys, I'll get back to you in the Raven 2. <laughs> That's going to be next page. Right, right. I, I need to make it clear that he was definitely saying that every single literary work has at least one chapter that ends. There was a knock at the door. And he opened it. And that's the end of the chapter. J.K. Rowling did it. J.R.R. Tolkien did it. Lewis did it. Uh, but did George R.R. R. Martin do it? I don't know. <laughs> because my guess is that his was more like he opened the door and all the bodies poured in. <laughs> well, also the incest. <laughs> there was a dragon, too. <laughs> it was just it was just a party. <laughs> that's the worst thing I've ever said. <laughs> can we cut that? You can fix that in post, right? Uh, maybe. I just talked about somebody opening a door and having corpses, <laughs> incest, and a dragon flowing into the door SpongeBob SquarePants style. <laughs> puts a weirdly specific image in my head when you say SpongeBob SquarePants that's style. That's what I was saying. It's bad. Um, no, but that actually does bring us to the second way that they recommended, which is because the complaint with the first one is no matter what's on the other side of the door, it's going to be a letdown when you start the next chapter. But they said that if you end the chapter this way, there was a knock at the door, he opened it, and there stood his father, and then you cut the chapter? The reader's going to be like, wait, why is his dad there? Wait, what's going on? This is especially true if your character's in college. (laughs) He opened the door and his dad was there. Father? Papa? (laughs) I'm an adult. (laughs) What are you doing on my stoop? (laughs) No, but I I think you see the point. 100%. So, I think one of the things that you can do is, in the campaign, is, for instance, uh, I'm going to say... As an example of something that could have happened, though I did like the adventure we ran the other day, is maybe if after the uh, fight with the two werewolves, 
if we saw a third wolf go running off? To the moon. To the moon. Uh, no, go running off. And then Greg would have said, okay, see you guys next week. See, that would have been chill, except for that episode would have terminated with us chasing that wolf. <laughs> I know. I don't know that that necessarily would have played out the way that we all would have felt. I know. But, I'm giving a but yeah, no, no, specific so example. Can, yeah, there's definitely a good way and a bad way to do cliffhangers. Right. right. And you have to be careful not to always do a cliffhanger. It can't. There's a reason that most TV shows only do two-part episodes or maybe, like, six-episode story arcs, not, you know, like, to be continued at the end of every single episode of the show unless that show is lost. I will see your two-episode bid, and I will raise you Sozin's Comet. <laughs> okay. Fine. You raise me Sozin's Comet. I will... That's my favorite that. Josh Groban song. You raise me Sozin's Comet. So I... Man, this cast is a mess. Uh, I, I will see your Sozin's Comet and raise you classic Doctor Who. <laughs> Touche. Here's your uh, the 12 episode plot arc. The rest of this, the rest of this episode is just going to be us sliding chips onto a table. It's <laughs> like, until one of us finally says, the all-in. <laughs> um, just for those of you at home, because this is a audio medium, not a visual one, if you've never seen me painting uh, dogs playing poker, that's what Logan and I actually look like right now. Is <laughs> <laughs> What is this cast? I don't know. Do we do Dungeons & Dragons stuff? We because do. Really... I promise. I, I, let's see, we're 17 minutes in, and I'm pretty sure that we... We did talk about Dungeons & Dragons for two minutes? Maybe three. Three? That's good, that's good. Okay, so what else can we do to help keep the the long-term pacing, I guess, of the adventures going on? What can you do to keep your players engaged over time, not just in the one session? Right. Well, so one of the things that I think is very valuable is finding out what the players are interested in. Um, so, for instance, Greg and I will frequently talk about what my character is interested in in his campaign. It's just something that we do. And what? Don't interrupt when I laugh like that. I'm thinking about something totally off topic. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Gosh, this cast is already a mess enough without me saying, hey guys, Special Agent Dale Cooper got norded. <laughs> got norded? We do not have time. We literally okay. do not, we do not have, have time. time. <laughs> Fair enough. No, anyway, it's one of the things you can do, though, is find out what your players are interested in and feed them little tidbits along the way. Uh, another thing you can do is you can, before you even start your campaign, you can ask them what kind of campaign they want to run. And so you can say, okay, here's your four or five options of campaigns that I think would be fun to run. Go ahead and everybody vote on your top three or whatever, and the one that has the most votes will go with. Right. Because there's a huge difference between a dungeon crawler, where you're just, you know, in a mega dungeon for three or four levels, and what I heard somebody refer to the other day as a uh, plot coupon campaign, which is, okay, scattered throughout the world are these 12 plot coupons that you gotta collect to go defeat the Dark Lord. At real Breath of the Wild? <laughs> no, but that's a common fantasy trope. That's the whole plot of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Right, that's like every open world Ubisoft game ever. Right. Go collect the plot coupons and then go face the Dark Lord. That's very good. 
Um, let me talk to you about another way that you can enhance player plot experience. You can do what our Dungeon Master just did and text the group and say, so everyone, what are your characters planning to do with their week of downtime? Yeah! See, we can hear you rummaging through your pockets. Smartwatches, people, it's the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's, I mean, asking characters, keeping them engaged over the long time is a good way to craft plots because what he's going to get now is a window into what's happening between adventures. Right. And he can use that to weave a deeper, thicker narrative. Yeah, and... Uh... When we get to the Bart's Corner, I've already texted him what I want to do through the week, and he just looked at it, that's why he texted the group. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll read what I'm doing during the week, just to kind of give you an the idea. The Dungeon Master has been out Dungeon Master. The Dungeon Master is what? <laughs> he is reacting to your Dungeon Master preemptive strike that you've done. I see what you're saying. Was, was the snap crackle pop too much for you? No, no, it's just... It, wait, for you listeners at home, we've upgraded our microphone setup. And so I have what's called throughput, which means that I can hear everything that's happening through the mic. And when he snapped, it's probably going to sound in post like one snap, but I heard two individual snaps. Yeah, one right after another. I can hear them both crystal clear, and I can not hear the downtime in between each one, which is really freaking cool. Um, cool. So that's why I looked at, man, this episode's a mess. Yeah, it is. Anyway, no, I, I agree with you, though. Finding out what your players are up to during downtime finding out what they're interested in, and sometimes just ending a, a play session in the middle of some action or some potential action that could happen. Yeah. Now, we've talked a little bit about crafting NPCs and crafting settings and, and creating a good aesthetic and theming and all of those elements of plot. Wow, we tried so hard back in the early episodes to be really focused on topic. But... Man, we were such tryhards. <laughs> Fortunately, th- what this podcast that we're creating is effectively... Uh, it's going to be like Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Remix. They did 2.8 Roman numeral 2 point Arabic numeral 8. That should be a crime. Yeah, that should. <laughs> Somebody pointed that out to me today, and that's gross. Yeah, that is. Anyway, but what, this is essentially that, because we're going to go over a bunch of stuff that we've talked about before. Um, but... It's the effective stringing together of those narrative themes and of those ideas into a cohesive plot that compels your your players. So talk to me about what kinds of plot hooks, even if they're tropey, can you employ? So one that I've wanted to do for a while, and I may eventually get around to, I've always wanted to do the... I'll call it the child of destiny trope. Oh man, this is your sure. this is your uh, young King Arthur, Duck Newton. <laughs> Say that again. I just said Duck Newton. Maybe somebody out there will get it. But... Okay, fair enough. Um, I've just blanked on all the other child of prophecy. <laughs> Shrek. Uh, Shrek, sure. Specifically uh, Shrek the Third. <laughs> oh no, uh, here's here's two others. Uh, the Wheel of Time and Star Wars. Sure. Are both child of prophecy. Type things, except nobody in the what? Except for the new Star Wars. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on there either. Uh, we can maybe talk about that at a different time, uh, <laughs> in a different podcast. In a because there's a lot to unpack there. Um, the Last Jedi is a good film. I I will Twitter battle on this. I'm Most... gonna say The Last Jedi is not a great film, but I really enjoyed. You know it. why? You know why you're gonna say that? Because you're a freaking plebe <laughs> with over-the-top expectations. Come at me, Twitter. Look, 
I just wanted to see Jabba in a slave girl outfit. Was that too much to ask? I, I don't understand. Look, was him full nude not titillating enough for you? He was already not wearing any clothing. What is the point of the slave girl outfit at that point? No, 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 we're addressing this. Don't just laugh this off. This is a real problem. You just asked to see a nude character clothed skimpily. I don't understand why. It's for the jokes, man. It's for the jokes. But it didn't make sense. Look, so... Boy of Destiny. You know who I want to Boy see of in Destiny. You know who I want to see in the slave girl outfit. Oh dear. Boba Fett, but over the armor, because <laughs> that would be really good. I thought you were going to say R two D two. How about that, John Favreau? How about that for the miniseries? Hey, yeah, we've got the Mandalorian coming out. We, you could do that. I mean, potentially. John Favreau, longtime listener. How about that, John Favreau? Hit me up. Uh, no, anyway, uh, Boy of Destiny uh, plotline. Except for there's one rule that I would like to impose with it. None of the players can be the boy of destiny. See, that would be good. But I would, I will see your pot, plot pitch, and I will raise you. What if one of them was? And I will raise you, but none of them knew which one was. Oh, that would be good, because that's like one of them freaking like murder mystery parties. But also, like yeah, kind of like the Wheel of Time. None yeah. of them knows. They're all pretty special. Right? Right. Like, by the end of the Wheel of Time, everybody hates Rand anyway. He's, like, the lamest character. So it's almost like a burden that he's, like, the child of fate. Fight me. On the lamest character thing? Yeah. Who would you put below him? Give me a, give me a POV character in that book that you like more than, that you like less than Randall Thor. Go ahead. Hit me with one. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll be waiting. If you need to send me an email in a couple weeks, that's fine. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. There's not one, is there? Well, hang on. I'm assuming we're excluding all of the, like, hey, they're getting, like, a piece of the prologue POV characters. Well, I mean, yeah, like, I'm talking about recurring regular characters. Um, I do not like point of view from Swan Sanchez. I knew you were going to say her because she's I... the only one. <laughs> She's the only Darn you. One. She's the only one I could think of in the entire time. Um, I don't like point of view from Min. Okay, any others? Cat Swain? No, so all, I like Cat women. Swain. Is that where we're at? No, don't you do that to me. Don't you do that to me. No, I actually really do like Cat Swain's point of view. Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. Man, how's that when I said that? Dang, and now we're quoting Talladega Nights. Oh, what has happened to this show? This used to be a respectable podcast. You got something to say? No, I just kind of wanted to let that sit on white noise. <laughs> I figured the dramatic effect would be greater while the viewers thought like, Yeah, wait. No. I'm always angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go Hulk. We have become the Mark Ruffalo podcast. <laughs> the Gruffa Ruffalo. <laughs> if Mark Ruffalo is a podcast, it is initiative. Oh, man. We have drifted off the track. We love Mark Ruffalo. This might have to be a basement tape podcast. <laughs> what do you mean by that? A basement tape is when an artist records something and then just puts it away. <laughs> puts it away for a little later. And by a little later, I mean never to be opened again. Like, it's not inherently bad. But it's not good. 
We have said some really good stuff in here. Okay, we'll keep it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, you, that, you were so sold on making it a basement tape. I mean, I feel bad. If anybody's made it through to this point, they're probably like, dude, this is not a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. But that's actually, now that I think about it, that's okay, because I did put the sub, second subject as comedy. Fair enough. So I think we're fair enough in our purview still. Uh, no, so raising, though, again, because I'm not done with my raising on the Child of Destiny bet. Okay. Um, make sure there's plenty of super vague prophecy around the Child of Destiny. Sure. That could definitely apply to any of the characters. Sure. Like, can I spoil the Wheel of Time? I mean... Like the one with the blood on the rocks? Do you remember that? Uh, the specific prophecy? Yeah. Do you remember how it's fulfilled? Yes, I'm going to say don't spoil that because... It's so good, though. That's book 14. That's what a spoiler is. A spoiler I, I, I know. I whip out something from book two. Well, I mean, it is because... But because book two takes a year and a half to finish. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Vague prophecies, always good. I would also include like prophecies about multiple characters. I hate to make this the Wheel of Time cast, but Robert Jordan did that really well too. Very well. Matt gets a ton of prophecies. Matt gets prophecies. I think Perrin even gets prophecies. Yeah, because the wolves have prophecies about Perrin. The wolves Perrin. have prophecies. Everybody gets prophecies. Not everybody, but a lot of no, because men. Oh yeah, everybody there's is... straight up a character who's a fortune teller essentially, but yeah. not in the sense but that you cooler. probably yeah. Oh, okay. Don't hate on men. No, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna say that she's not cool because the way she gives prophecies is cool. I just don't like seeing the world through her eyes. Um, but what I was gonna say well, that's is because you've got to look at your life through heaven's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the way she does fortune telling is different than what most people probably think of when they hear fortune telling. Totally. Yeah, she and this this actually is a really good Dungeons and Dragons thing. She sees images above people's heads that are very cryptic and very symbolic. It's such a cheap way to do foreshadowing, but it works every time. But what's cool is she sees it so frequently that she's gotten used to what at least some of the symbols mean. And so with right. a degree of accuracy by the end of the series, she's like, this means this, this means this. Right, so for like a skull is death, right? Uh, I think. I would well, assume. I'm, I'm not sure, 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 sure. But like, or a heart is love. Like, there are symbols you right. recognize with time, right? But then what does a skull with a flower growing out of it mean? Right. Uh, who knows? Or a skull with a crown above it. Right? right. And you can do a lot of cool stuff. That might be something to... I recommend that for Dungeons & Dragons campaigns. Prophecies are really fun. I, I did something like that with Jonathan's character in a campaign that I DM'd. Mm. Um, where I... Um, sorry, all I can think about is the fact that we've really turned this around. And I feel proud of myself. <sighs> you could have heard that. Well, I mean, hopefully they heard. No, no, no. I mean you. Like, if you could have heard oh, I just heard. because I don't have the... That. Is there a second port for headphones? I wish. We could get a splitter. Okay. Um, we'll look into that as a cost. Uh, sponsor us. Patreon will get a splitter for our for our headphones. <laughs> did you just tell them to visit our Patreon that doesn't exist? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, but yeah, so I would recommend uh, Prophecies. Absolutely. In a great way, especially vague ones. Yeah. They can fulfill themselves if you're shell. But also write them down. Don't don't give prophecies and then not, unless unless your players are the type to flake out by level five. Then give all the prophecies <laughs> you want. <laughs> uh. Um. So yeah, no, that's that's something I did once with Jonathan's character. He saw some visions, and I had to. I spent a lot of time writing cryptic visions. Oh, cool! Uh, but they were very cool. That is really so, cool. 
If I find any, maybe I'll, I'll read them on the cast or something. That would be really cool. But yeah, so, so visions and prophecies are cool, especially if you give one player character visions. Right. Especially if they don't have to tell the other player. Oh, yeah. No, it's Because you never heard about Jonathan's visions. I didn't even know they were a thing until just barely. Yeah, we were playing 3.5. Or, I mean, I knew they were vision. I knew he was seeing stuff, but I had no idea they had any deeper significance other than he was going crazy. I straight up thought his character was just going crazy. No, so here's what happened. So in the first adventure, I, I left it. This is a great plot thing. I was putting some treasure in there, and I put a magic dagger in there. It did like 2d8 plus 1 fire damage. But the reason the reason that it did that is I was trying to work with video game style loot tables. So I had to roll a 97 or higher on the percentage dice to drop that item on that monster. On any goblin. I rolled the percentage dice every time. And after, on the first time you guys killed a goblin in that dungeon, I dropped that dagger. And he picked it up and it was just this incredibly overpowered dagger. How overpowered I didn't realize until later... And so I had to go through and nerf it somehow, but I couldn't change the stats, right? Because that's savage. Interesting. So I made him start seeing visions and hear voices in his head. And he played that really well because yeah, his did. character straight up split. Like, just went nuts, which was really cool. It was really cool. Oh, I, I thought that was actually probably the best part of that campaign. So good. What, the British orbs did <laughs> something for you? <laughs> you do a bit of a goofy style of playing. And it's because you DM. Well, because those orbs you were supposed to fight... And I realized if I sick those orbs on you, you guys are done. But they've been following you for the whole adventure. <laughs> so I had to give them British accents. That was the only option. Because nobody can take the British seriously? No. Because my British accent's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so nobody can take British me seriously. Fair enough. Okay. Sure. Sure, I can get on board with that. Uh but yeah, it sounds like the best thing to do is to end an adventure when there's still things to be done, or I guess a session, not an adventure, to find out what the players are interested in, find out what they're doing with their downtime, and to craft uh, plots that use prophecy and visions very heavily. The more time you spend on that, the better it's going to be. Right? <laughs> I, like, I'm pretty sure. We're talking about being beggars, and here you are bragging about your converse squeaking together. I bought these. Well, welcome ago. to the beggars' corner, everyone. Uh, this is the part of the show where we give you our contact information, let you know about all of our sponsors that we have, uh, beg for any questions and stories you might have for us. Have you, is this really recording? Yeah. Like, this isn't a bit? 40, 41. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I feel so bad because we're like, I'm going to kick off the beggar corner and I was like, squeaky converse. <laughs> Man, I'm Yeah, that a, was actually the first thing was the squeaky converse. I think we now know the name of the episode for this For this one is squeaky converse. Yeah. Um, no, but in all seriousness, this is where we give our contact information, which you can contact us at any time you'd like through initiativeroll at gmail.com. 
That's R O L E. Um, initiative roll. Right, um, as in role playing, because right. we talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, you can find us at initiative roll R O L E dot blogspot dot com. That's where we post all of the sweet, sweet stuff. Also, we officially have an Instagram page. I don't remember if we talked about that last time or not. I can't remember. Um, but I think it's worth celebrating. We have over 50 followers on our Instagram page, Ooh. which I think is uh, like three or four times the amount of people that have ever listened to our show. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Also more than I have personally, I think. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I have friends. Gets all defensive. <laughs> I have, yeah, I was I, I was a little startled by that. Like, oh. I had the assertion I have friends. <laughs> oh. I do. No, but uh, um, with that, if you ever have a question or a story or something you want us to talk about on the show, go ahead and email us, or you can even post comments on our Instagram page. And assuming that you know we don't get buried in mobs of people trying to get a hold of us on Instagram, we'll definitely talk about it. Yeah, in the next couple of days we'll be setting up a Twitter as well, which is usually easier to spark up a conversation sure. with. Um, I'll, I'll get to that, I promise. We're also going to be using the Woof app. <laughs> <laughs> we should sell the company. But we do have one buyer. Who is it? Washington University Public Health Fund. <laughs> They want it for the acronym. <laughs> I don't think we should sell it, guys. Ryan, sell Woof. <laughs> the Woof app is not real, people. It's an office reference. But what if it was? But what if it was? What if I could get things texted, emailed, and faxed to me all at once? Because I have a fax machine. Also hit your Facebook. That's what the F in Woof is for. Oh. It's W-U-P-H-F. I thought the F was for fax. Oh, you're right. It does still ping your Facebook, though. Uh-huh. That's a thing. There you have it, folks. Um, the sponsor for this for this episode, we had somebody give me a dollar for something. Do you remember? I remember. This episode remember. is sponsored by Elena Marchant. Did she give you a dollar? She was going to for something. Well, okay, hold on. I can't I, remember look, what for. I can't feed myself. I can't feed my children with promises of a dollar. All right, so she does not get You don't have children. (laughs) But if I did, they would starve. You can't feed them the promise of money. All right. I I don't have time for this. (laughs) You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna text her right now, ask her, what were we supposed to, what were we supposed to talk about on the show that you were gonna give us money for? Let me see, what were you going to give You know what makes great podcast audio? (laughs) You talk. (laughs) About on gonna take my joke to heart. Huh? Initiative, <laughs> initiative roll: A Dungeon Master's Guide to Mastering Dungeons. Yeah, I don't think the subtitle is that necessary. I don't know. Wait, I think our, it is. is our Instagram at Initiative Roll: A Dungeon Master's Guide to Mastering Dungeons. I don't think it is. <laughs> See, <laughs> oh, man, uh, man. Well, let's dive into dedications. Yeah. Who are we dedicating this episode to? Well, that's a good question. I think it's my turn to pick. I believe it is. Good, because I do have a choice. Oh, good. I'm surprised by that. Pleasantly, but surprised. Yeah, I know, because I spend... Yeah. Okay, well... uh, Now I'm moody. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, You just need to go talk to a girl. I I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I appreciate it. It's a good goof. That wasn't, though. (laughs) I appreciate that, like, that I... What's happening on this podcast? 
One of us has to be. You cool know, one. I talk to more girls than you do. Yeah, that's actually probably fair. Yeah. But I live with two. <laughs> did you just flex on me for living with your daughter? <laughs> I think I did. That's so gross. I want to die. I want to die. No dedication. No more podcast. No more. I want to die now. I want to. <sighs> Who's the episode dedicated to? Neil Gaiman or Gaiman. How do you say that? I think it's Gaiman. I only ever saw it written, so... That's fair. I would say Gaiman based on written, but somebody told me it was Gaiman once. I think it's Gaiman, but I could it could be like Gaiman. He's a writer. He writes stuff. Yeah. Like books. I've read some of his stuff. It's like, very enjoyable. Yeah, me, me too. I would be dedicated. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> imagine? I'm going to dedicate this episode to Chaucer. I mean, I've, I've never read anything he's written, but I heard it's good. Not a Canterbury Tales guy, huh? I guess not. This episode is dedicated to Beowulf. We know him, we love him, but we've never read it. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I, I picked him. I shouldn't have, in hindsight. I should have picked Robert Jordan, but it's too late. That ship done sailed. Oh, Robert Jordan, I'm sure, will come back up. He'll come back. Uh, but yeah, no, dedicating this one to Neil Gaiman because he is a, an incredibly influential writer. I'm specifically thinking of Stardust here. I didn't know he wrote that. Well, now you do. I guess I did. I guess only saw the film. I did only see the film. Okay, great book. Uh, Awesome, awesome Dungeons and Dragons style fantasy. Interesting. Uh, He also wrote a book called The Graveyard Book, Newbery Award winner. I've read that. I love The Graveyard Book. Uh, Need to reread it, actually, because I don't remember most of the beats. Very good, though. I remember a couple of them, and I remember being, like, fascinatingly disturbed and enthralled. It's creepy. It's very good. Um, He also wrote Coraline, which, don't at me about Coraline. The film Got that book a lot of hate. It's a great book. Great book. Um, he's done some, like, other stuff. American Gods was him. Okay. Anansi Boys was him. Yeah. Did some episodes of Doctor Who. Did some graphic novels. Edgeworld, I think, was him. Mm, I don't know. I was thinking of something else when you said Edgeworld. Were you thinking Discworld? No, I was thinking Edge Chronicles. Oh, yeah, no. <clears throat> anyway. No, but why him? Um, I don't know. A lot of his reading and a lot of his writing, particularly the Graveyard book, uh, contributed to a very gothic, very creepy interest for me growing up. Uh, that was actually originally started by Poe, but kind of fed into uh, by Gaiman. And even his Doctor Who episode is incredibly creepy. Um, I'll grant you that. And so he just... He's left an indelible mark in my mind as far as fantasy is concerned, and also Stardust, which is what initially sprung to my mind, um, as kind of a, an influential fantasy adventure. That's the one about the girl who falls from space. Yeah, she's a star. That she's falls, a star. Assuming the movie's accurate. Right. Well, have you not read the book? I have. The book's real good. I'll put it on my list. Get them books. Of things, you know, the imaginary list of books that you say that I you have, this is an audio medium, but I have a poster of Master Yoda. Where they photoshopped a book into his hands and it says read in the forces with you um so this is my plug <laughs> read, in, read in the forces with you Uh, where 
we get done with the break, and I come in with a bad transition. That's like how this thing goes, right? Yeah, we're going into the quandary corner because I know you already forgot the name of it. Hmm. I did forget that. Quandary is such a weird word, though. Can you blame me? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I can blame you. But will you? Uh, yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's swing on in then. Let's, uh... Do we want to try and come up with a different name? Fans out there, you're welcome to submit ideas for us. We'll, we'll listen. We're, we're going to take credit for them, but we'll listen. Yeah, that's true. We will take credit for them. Let's go ahead and dive into that quandary corner after a quick shameless plug for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You liked it? I, oh, man. I still need to go see it. Oh, man. Well, all right. So our question for today uh, is kind of oddly specific. It has to do with a specific YouTube video. Yeah. <sighs> what? Is there any way we can, like, skirt past that as much as possible? Because I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. That's fair. I so I have watched it, and I can... I can talk about it, but... Because the question... I don't know that the, the video is that important to the question. Like, maybe we can refer to the video? Sure, sure. So what the video is a Puffin Forest, right? Right. Who, if for those of you at home who aren't familiar with Puffin Forest, he generally just does uh, funny role-playing stories he's encountered, and he animates them and narrates them. It's very good. It's very fun. Um, the one... I've never watched a Puffin video, Forest video of my own volition. It's always been weird with other people? No, you. Oh. Just you. <laughs> so, here's the full question. But they're very good. I was watching Puffin Forest's video, Whoops, guess everyone has to die now. It's got me... A, it's about this huge encounter he ran once. It got me wondering, what are the do's and don'ts of running a mega encounter like that? One that covers a larger area with large numbers of enemies. Can I chime in? Go ahead. Do's have encounters. Don'ts have mega encounters. Yep. Don't. Don't. Questions answered. Don't. Uh, Don't time to it. move on to the bard corner? Yep, that's it. Do not, like, I cannot say this. There is no reason. There is. Hi, hi. Long time, long time host of a podcast, Logan Johnson here. There is no reason why you need to have 400 individual character tokens on a map. Yep. Put them in a swarm. Yep. Listen I... to any adventures on live show, you'll know how to do it. It's so breezy. Huh. You just assign a hit point total. And a damage total per... So, like, you'll say, like, it's 1d4 if they hit per creature in the swarm. Okay. And then you assign health markers where the swarm gets smaller. Oh. I actually really like that. Yeah, it's very good. Can, can we talk about that more? Because that is a new concept to me, and I... That sounds very useful. Yeah, so let's say I have... Let's say... I mean, 400 is insane, but let's say I have 400 rats, right? Okay. Then at... So, let's say those 400 rats as a total do 4d4 damage. Right? Okay. When there's 300 rats, then it'll do 3d4. Okay. 200 and then 1d4 for the last 100, right? So what you'll do is, let's say each rat is a hit point. If my mage casts a burning hand spell <coughs> that wipes out 83 of the rats, then I can either, as the dungeon master, I can either keep it at 44 or I can round it down or whatever I want to okay. do. But that's the easiest way to handle numbers that big. There's no... And do you just assume the swarm is hitting? Every turn, Mm-mm. they still have to roll to hit. I roll to hit, but as one one bulk, and you can give them a, a fairly decent bonus because there's a lot of them, right? But if it's a swarm of bees, sure. For a swarm of bees to do forty four damage, all of them have to hit, right? right. So okay. yeah, pack tactics, 
in the sense that you put them all into one big mass that you weaken over time. The best way to do it is the only way. I mean, don't do a mega encounter. Right. But if you do, right. do it that way. Uh, I will say this, um, having watched the Puffin Forest video that's referenced, I do know that the DM, who is Puffin Forest, he's the one who was DMing, uh, <laughs> DM. openly admits that he made a major mistake right at the beginning of the encounter that caused this tailspin effect to happen. Because, quick sum up of the video, they start one battle inside of a palace and because there's a lot of noise, it attracts monsters from another area, which attracts monsters from another area, and it just keeps going, essentially. Gotcha. Um, don't. Right. Just and don't. his mistake was he's basically supposed to kick that adventure off because it was a pre-written module. He accidentally skipped, like, one paragraph of text that said, hey, make sure everyone starts as, like, su- spies who are slaves inside of this palace. Uh. And so the players were like guess we have to kill everything, which of course led to them slaughtering everything and getting slaughtered in return right. instead of the stealthy style that it was supposed to be. Regardless. Don't, don't do it. Don't. don't do mega encounters. Let just me, let me just don't. People out there who have played Magic of the Gathering, Magic of the Gathering, wow. Magic of the Gathering will understand this. In Magic of the Gathering, there's a concept uh, most typically done with, with green decks and white decks. There mm-hmm. are five different colors. And the concept is that you can make what's called a token deck. Yep. And the idea is that this allows you to create token monsters or placeholder monsters at a rapid rate, right? So a good green-white deck, you can, I mean, the m- biggest number I've ever heard that had 87 on the field at one time. Yeah. So 87, one attack, one defense monsters uh, at the same time. At that point, you overwhelm everything. There is literally no point, literally no point in having that many tokens represented in any form on the battlefield. Right. Because a standard Magic the Gathering game is um, is 20 health. Right. right? There's, there's simply not enough creatures to block 87. At that point, it's the deck builder doing it because... Can I say it gets them off? Is that, like, okay for sure. the podcast? I think so. Because they get off on it, right? Like, they, they love that. And dungeon, dungeon Masters make the same mistake. Yep. Dungeon Masters think, hey, I need... 1400 twig blights because it <laughs> you're glaring at me because I used that monster that was not a personal attack but it could have been if I'd used a smaller number than 1400 <laughs> reflect on your ways dungeon master <laughs> um, but yeah there's no reason why you need a trillion of a monster the fact of the matter is a mind flayer is cooler than 1400 goblins right like I can understand if you want if you want to simulate the fact that they're in a castle and there's a bunch of guards. Swarm them, like I recommended earlier, or have NPCs deal with them. Or a more realistic than in a castle and getting swarmed because castles have narrow passageways and whatnot. Frodo and Sam are traveling through Mordor. There are literally thousands of goblins marching in patrols. Right. If they get caught, there are thousands of goblins for them to deal with. Yeah. They're make, going to die. Make it a stealth game. Right. But be sure to make that clear right. to the players, which is what Puffin Forest says that he failed to do. There are times when big numbers of things are really cool, mm-hmm. right? Um, not usually in Dungeons & Dragons. Not usually. Like that scene in Amazing Grace when William Wilberforce 
unrolls the petition. Have you seen Amazing Grace? I don't think I have. He like is in the Parliament Hall and he unrolls it and it rolls like a red carpet and unrolls it's just this long list of names saying they should abolish slavery. It's very good. That's um, fun. That's all really I can't remember if it was a petition or if it's a list of all the slaves that died in transit. It's sure. one of those two, but it's very demonstrative and it's very cool. Not for Dungeons and Dragons. If that's what your notes look like, if you're William Wilberforce with your monster list, you've done it wrong. You've done it wrong. Dang, that sounds like something so cool to do. Oh, man, that movie's so good. Uh, no, but... I can't believe you've never seen Amazing Grace. Sorry, right, man. Um, you normally have seen way more than I have. I know. This movie's so good. Hey, hey, uh, can I tell you something? Yeah. I have a finite amount of time as a mortal being on planet Earth. <laughs> Which I realize phrasing it that way makes me sound like I'm something I'm not. Um, <laughs> I have a limited time as a mortal being before I return to my immortal status as a Martian. Just, I, I don't know. I mean, depending on your religion. <laughs> sure, sure, fair enough. Um, but no, that, that makes it sound like I was trying to say something I wasn't. Um, I, I have like 80 years on this planet. Speaking of religion. <laughs> oh, well. There's your religious mind reminder for the day. Um, Logan, for those of you at home, just got a text uh, reminding him to, to it, worship. It's my, my daily worship alarm reminding uh, me. Anyway. To make supplication. Yep. To pray. He, he got a reminder to pray. I need to pray. <laughs> I need a reminder to pray. That tells you where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you where he is that is, is a religious worshiper. Um, no, but anyway, uh, I, I haven't seen everything under the sun. I, I'm, I'm a 20-something-year-old guy in college. And there's a lot of stuff that I will never get to. I keep telling people I have a list, and there is no list. I don't <laughs> write it down. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll put that on my list. There, there, we all know the list that well, doesn't exist. There, there, that was that was a nice little couplet there. Um, we all know the list that doesn't exist. I no, that's super super true. Um, and I don't know. There's, there's. Do you have any films on your list that people recommend continually, and you keep telling people that you're putting it on there? Uh, the one that used to come up a lot, it hasn't in recent years because it's starting to get older. Nacho Libre. Uh, okay, yeah, that that one. But I was gonna say I Am Legend. Oh no way! You're not. You never intend to watch that film. Uh, no, I mean, if it happens, it happens. But no, there's no intention. It, well, because here's the thing: it's a 2005 flick. If you wanted to watch I Am Legend, you would have watched I Am Legend by now. It's been like 14 years. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. But I remember all the time being in like middle school or whatever being like, I'll get around to Oh, that. yeah. I'll, I'll definitely watch that. Well, you and I wanted to see that in its theatrical run. That's true. We, we did, did get a parental veto, which may have been wise. It's pretty yeah. creepy. I've seen like a good chunk of it. It's pretty full on. So like, okay. I mean... It's fine. Particularly for somebody who doesn't we were watch nine. scary films. Yeah. I was nine. Yeah. No, I'm with you. <laughs> like, or I might have been eight at the time. Like, it was probably the right call from a parent. Because sure. they didn't say no. They just said, mm, maybe when you're older. Right. Or like, maybe a DVD rental where we can be handy. Yeah. <laughs> no, nope. maybe not. Totally the agree. Totally um, agree. But yeah, for me, it's Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I, I have no intention of watching that film. Interesting. And I keep telling people I do. Huh. It's a lie. I have no... I feel like culturally I've gleaned what needs to be gleaned from that film. Sure. Sure, fair enough. You can quote all the important bits. Yeah. Nacho Libre is also the same. Sure. I can quote that entire film, but I've never seen it. Sure. Because I am. I am a real religious man. Right. My father was a priest. My mother was a nun. They tried to convert each other, but got married instead. (laughs) What does he say? And then they died. 
when he gets lit on fire and runs out. I haven't seen this movie either. Hold on, he's like he's sitting by the prayer candles and he like turns and lights himself on fire. Well, and he runs out and like (laughs) I just saw Evan. So he runs out. It's so good. He runs out because he's a wrestler, right? Sure, sure. He's wearing his luchador stuff under his robes. And so he runs out burning and has to roll around on the ground and he like rolls out of his rows because they're on fire. And this guy in the audience is just like, I knew it. He is not the man of God. <laughs> it's so good. So good. What a weird, weird film. <laughs> the other Nacho Libre thing that I love, this is not that cast, but here goes. The other one that I love is after that he leaves in shame, right? Again, I've not seen this film. He leaves in shame and his buddy comes to find him and he says, this is a montage of him wandering through the, the desert and collapsing, right? And his buddy walks up to him and he says, Hola, Nacho. And he says, How did you find me? Or no, no, he says, he says, Hey, you want to come back to the village? And he says, How did you find me here? And his buddy's like, We saw you from the village. And the camera pans and the village is like a hundred yards away. And somebody yells, Hola, Nacho. <laughs> it's so good. It is. It is a weird movie for all Anyway, that's another one I have no intents of watching. But the point is, don't do horde battles. They're bad. Yep. Unless you're Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword because it's very good. Or Hyrule Warriors or Fire Emblem Warriors or anything with the subtitle Warriors. But don't do it in Dungeons and Dragons. Just don't. It's bad. Well, you know what it's time for. That's another podcast. I shouldn't, I shouldn't appropriate that. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I'm lost. It's time for the Bard Corner, right? It is time for the Bard Corner. You want to kick us off on what happened? Uh... In our most recent adventure in Greg's campaign, in in quieting under the watch. Yeah, well, no longer under the watch, and definitely not quiet. Um, but we went down into the sewers after the subterranean slime stalker. Yeah, we did. Um, and while we were down there, we found two werewolves. And as I alluded to earlier in the cast, that was it. That was I mean that was that was, that the, was the whole adventure. Thing. So we fought some werewolves down in the tunnels, and then one of them limped or ran away, and it was moving really fast. And one of our players ins- insisted we go after it, which I disagreed with because it was moving really fast. Which, right. in, in hindsight, like in hindsight, he was probably right. Like, since when would I ever be like, yeah, I better let it go? <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, my character was like, well, we're not catching it here. <laughs> I just love this concept of like all of us, all of us except this one character being like, oh no. <laughs> He's getting away. That's exactly what happened. I don't know why we were all so apathetic to it, but it took off and we were like, all right, well, I guess well, what's, what my favorite is that character's like, no, I'm going to chase after it. And you're like, well, fine, I guess I'm going to go. No, I didn't go until I started hearing combat. Oh, yeah. You started hearing combat so, and you're like, I guess I'll go. I don't, again, I don't think we should have caught up to this thing. Um, our dungeon master had to wait and ambush him when he came around, which makes would have made more sense for like a coyote or something wily like that. But yeah, no, I'm... Why are you laughing? <laughs> something wily like that. Coyotes are very wily creatures. Okay. Well, this wily coyote... <laughs> I see what you're trying to do. There's a reason they named him wily coyote. That's not like... That's a pun because coyotes are wily creatures. Am I not allowed to say those two sure, words in sure. connection? Sure, sure. And I'm sure they just named it Roadrunner off of a real Roadrunner. They 100% did. Also, pigs are very porky. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't ask me about bugs, buddy. <laughs> I was gonna... And don't get me started on Lola. What about... 
<laughs> Don't get you started on Lola. Yeah, Lola's not a thing. Okay. Well, she's always been a thing since I was a kid. Well, okay, everybody has a thing for Lola. <laughs> Fair enough. The I Might Be a Furry Starter Pack yeah, includes no, Lola Bunny. Yes, it does. And Sonic Fox, I think, right? Maybe. This is not a (laughs) cast. Whether we like it or not, it is now that cast. Um, (laughs) No, but anyway, yeah, we went after these werewolves, and uh, something happened in the prior adventure, or maybe the one before that. Uh, We bought a house, and uh, my wife's character was the one to set that up, and uh, my character made it clear to the group, okay, so... Laura Dove, my wife's character, and I, we're going to both go back and we're going to set up the house. Shack up, sure. <laughs> that is not what I said. I said, we're both going to go set up the house. Anybody going to come with? And Logan, you just said, not with an opener like that. <laughs> True. And so uh, we've been doing this kind of fun thing, though, where we keep having fear do faux pas things in that way. So Excellence hears combat, and he's like, fine, I'll go. And Fear's like whatever and then Laura Dove's like I'm gonna go too and I'm like well fine I guess if we're all going but it's only after Laura Dove said something that he that's decides to go thing. that's a like you don't know this because you're not single that's a real thing that real people do that is a real thing I have not been single that, in a long time that is a real wow. <laughs> that sounds so longing your no. wife listens to this cast <laughs> and even if she didn't no worse than that my wife is the publicist for the podcast. She's the one who runs our Instagram page. Well, now you've parted the kimono. <laughs> no, I parted the kimono. I hate that phrase. I need it. Hey, somebody tweeted me with a better way to say part the kimono. I hate that phrase. Unzip the pants. <laughs> well, now you're just unzipping the pants. Gosh. Well, now you've unzipped the parka. <laughs> I like that one a little better. <laughs> now you've unbuttoned the trench coat, which is very good. Trench coat's good. Unbuttoned the trench coat. That's going to be it. Undone the trench coat. Undone the trench coat. Unmade. <laughs> Wait, this is getting weird. No, but... uh, no, That's we, just like a nice little mousetrap reference everyone can enjoy. So I did, I did get reminded by our sponsor, Elena Marchant, what we're going to get uh, paid a dollar for. For the show, what you just now pulled us out. Of the no, no, it's still in the bard corner. Okay. okay, we have to talk about a specific thing that happened in the adventure. Ah, we have to talk about Teen Wolf. <laughs> okay, you're right. No, this this has to be done. So we had these two werewolves, and they were getting a flanking bonus on one of our characters. I do want to preface this by saying this is what I love about Dungeons and Dragons. Because there's no world this works out in. Continue. No, no, there's no world this works out in. And my wizard, he is running really low on his spell slots, so he's basically got cantrips left, and it's 6 a.m. Emphasis on cant. Yeah. And I'm looking through desperately, trying to figure out something I can do to help turn the tide of this battle before we all get eaten alive. And I'm looking over Prestidigitation, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can make a distraction with Prestidigitation. And I'm reading, and I realize it's got something very specific. We're going to come back to what that specific thing was. I just say to the dungeon master, Hey, how familiar with werewolves would I be? Like, uh, would I know what a female... I'm just, just going to say, he made a werewolf in heat. That was the smell he made with vegetation. Um, and then put it on one of the werewolves. And our dungeon master, being the generous overlord that he is, was kind enough to let that slide. I was skeptical. <laughs> no, so what happened is... uh. 
He's, he set the bar actually reasonably high. He's like, yeah, to know what that's going to smell like, you're going to need to roll a 20 on a nature check. And I'm like, 22? How's 22? <laughs> and uh, It's not the knowledge that I'm questioning. That was a nice yawn. It's not the knowledge that I'm questioning. It's the actual, like, oh, I'm going to rip your throat out. I'm going to, hey, hold up real quick, guys. <laughs> just, could you hold for just a second? Hey, don't swing that sword real quick, but I got to go check out this lady. <laughs> well, all right. Maybe, especially since that lady was also, like, a dude. <laughs> he, an anthropomorphic wolf dude. <laughs> it's not like he got over there and was like, oh, look, another lady wolf. Yeah, it only lasted, like, two rounds, but I, I uh, distracted one of the wolves into thinking that, uh... So originally we called it Horny Wolf. Yes, we did. Um, but eventually we renamed that Teen Wolf because it makes more sense and is much funnier. Yep. So that's the... It, uh, it became uh, Horny Teen Wolf 2, which became... Uh, what was it? HTW2. And as we know, the Horny Teen Wolf 2, because of the W2, helps you file your taxes. <laughs> right. So we ended up calling him Tax Wolf. He was tax wolf. Horny teen tax wolf. Horny teen tax wolf. So that was a thing that happened. And uh, then we got a bunch of gold and fear spent it all within like six hours. Yeah, my character is still trying to figure out. So my character is under a vow of poverty. Yeah, I love that about your character. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with that gold. I'll take it. No, I asked Greg how much a working wage was. Oh. I think where we're at I can't remember the exact thing he said I think I've got like a couple months worth of wage and gold okay Um, we also need to pay off our house well I'm not gonna do that oh okay I can't spend it that's like a rule that's my character's about poverty he can't spend it and I can't give it away to pay for our house fair enough fair enough so Anyway, we got we got a lot going on in that campaign, but ultimately it was a really slow uh, slow adventure. Yeah, but I think we all had a great time. Oh yeah, it's super fun. Um, super but one thing I really appreciate that he did is he's asked us. He's told us we have a week of downtime that our characters are just going to have seven days to just do stuff in the city, and he's asked us what we're just going to do between now and when we play. Yeah, next. like I said, he texted that earlier in the episode. Yeah. Um, By the way, I found out he's been keeping meticulous track of time in the campaign, like how many days we've our characters have been adventuring and whatnot. Interesting. Do you want to know how long this campaign has lasted? In sure. Two weeks. Everything in the campaign is taking place in two weeks. When we start up, it'll be three weeks because we'll have had a week off. But uh, Our characters are taking a week off. Yeah. That's sinking in. Huh. But it's not really taking a week off because, for example, I just got a new spell that lets me disguise myself perfectly to look like other people. Like... I will have the same voice as them. I will have the same facial features. So it'd be like study time. So yeah, I'm studying other people. Well, I'm sneaking into libraries, figuring out about the work camps. And we all just hit third level. So yeah. we all have to get specializations. Right. Well, no, I already have mine. Well, okay. Weird flex, but okay. Wizards get them at second. That's weird. But it's fine. You probably picked something lame like abjuration. No, I picked war magic, which is in uh, Xanathar's Guide. <laughs> you would. It lets, cool, it lets me... I say uh, is I pick the College of Glamour. It lets me do some fun stuff. Like uh, add my intelligence to my uh, initiative. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, to my initiative role. So my initiative role is uh, plus five. Initiative role. A Dungeon Master's Guide to Mastering Dungeons. Oh, how come you always have to knock? Because it's, it's a thing. Do, do I need to knock again or are you going to get the door? Well, the problem is that every time you knock, I have to make the Nevermore joke. 
I'm contractually obligated. Do I need to get? Let me ask you. Do you want to knock again? <laughs> do I need to get a uh, fake doorbell and go ding dong? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Nathaniel Johnson real doorbell. <laughs> oh man, real doorbells of Atlanta, Georgia is my favorite show. <laughs> TLC's really been cooking it up with that one. Much better than real doorbells of Las Vegas. Do you smell that? I want to die. <laughs> I said, do you smell yes, that? Yes, I smell it. You know what it is? It's time to... Is it time? Like the herb time? Oh, you wish. Is it time? No, it's wolf pheromones. And you realize it's time. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you got something better? Well, I don't know if pheromones are what you guys think it is. But yeah, okay, fine. It's time. To roll initiative.